Thank you for listening in right now. Glad to have you here. My name is Nyla, and this is Greener Thoughts. I help you understand the environment today so you can experience a greener life. Let's connect online. You can reach Greener Thoughts by voice message. The anchor.fm link is in each episode's show notes. You can do so via the Anchor app or by email at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. So we're going to start off with just a quick uh, episode announcement. So April 18th is within the week of of April, uh, just tracking this back. So April 18th is World Heritage Day. So whether you are celebrating a unique food or a celebration that your family does or where you come from, whichever background or even country you come from, there's something to celebrate within it and so this is the time to take part in your heritage and traditions that go back you know uh, years and years centuries even so uh, april 18th is the day to celebrate heritage next up is the next segment headlines from the hemispheres it's a quick briefing on environmental news around the globe so the first story is pretty unique. It's definitely in a different uh, hemisphere, and it's out of Nairobi, Kenya, and so it comes from NPR.org. So from Nairobi, a rare, clear glimpse of Mount Kenya drives disbelief on social media. So there is a unique, um, I guess, structure, and it's a, a building uh, one Africa place is what it's known as, and it looks like a bullet. It's uh, fully uh, comprised of like glass parts of it, and it's a high rise where people like live. And it was, and it's in Nairobi, Kenya. And so it's pristine, sitting amongst the backdrop of Mount Kenya, one of the biggest uh, mountains in uh, Kenya period, but pollution is around uh, the city, not too far from Mount Kenya. Uh, And so uh, Nairobi is just 85 miles away from Mount Kenya. Mount Kenya stands uh, huge at 17,057 feet. So many were complaining about how they've lived in Nairobi for years and they never were able to spot Mount Kenya clear as day. So they're like thinking that this is outrageous and, you know, they're thinking this claim is outrageous. Who took this picture? And, you know, they were quickly becoming memes memes that were circulating across social media and it was taking uh, the, the interwebs by storm. And so people were really wondering, like, how is this even real? And so people were posting, like, other wonders of the world and similarly, like, trying to juxtapose them against different backdrops like the Pyramids of Cairo, um, the Pyramids of Giza, um, the White House, the Eiffel Tower, they were trying to mismatch um, all those different types of structures against Mount Kenya. But it, the picture is real, and the picture of uh, Mount Kenya uh, was taken um, by Nairobi resident Osman 
uh, Sidiqui, and he used a single lens, a reflex camera that he had with a telephoto lens. It looks clear as day. It's beautiful. And I don't know how anyone could mistake that, but I guess because those who live in uh, Nairobi, they're like, it's polluted. Like, how can he get such a clear picture? But he did. Uh, the next story is about this interesting app that is for those who have clutter and have mess and they're trying to minimize their uh, stuff. So the uh, uh, article, you can find it out on treehugger.com. So clutter-free app offers a customized plan for decluttering your home. So I never heard of um, this man, but Joshua Becker is, you know, known in the minimalist um, sphere and all there. And so all those who happen to be minimalist or trying to become that, he's big on it. Um, he's an expert at decluttering. And so he's a leader in uh, being a minimalist. And so he created this app for people who are trying to slim down their monthly possessions and just want to be free of them and are trying to become minimalists. So if you um, are interested, you know, his app has a process. You know, the users usually describe their home uh, when they first sign up, like in detail or what you can. Um, and then you select the number of rooms per the category. So there's different categories. There's living, food, sleeping, utility, and then there's a ranking of how difficult these spaces would be to declutter. And then step number three is to, uh, after the whole house or apartment or condo, etc., is outlined, there's a priority list where you can create checklists for each room and what needs to be done in each room. And then last but not least, when the tasks are completed and they're checked off, then there's an update of a progress bar that you'll have that's at the bottom of the screen within the app. The users who are on the app can, of course, upload pictures to track how their space has changed over time. They can also uh, request uh, document uh, donations for um, tax purposes and also look at all the different uh, advice columns and how to uh, explanations of how to uh, declutter from top decluttering experts who've been doing this for a long time. The app is free for an initial week, so about seven days, and there's a trial there. And then in the U.S., um, it is $3.99 per month, and that's a, as a subscription. And then last but not least, the third story is about inequalities in education around the world. So tracking inequalities in, in education around the globe was the focus of the other headline. And so it was on nature.com. I like nature.com because it is really high level um, analysis. They do in-depth uh, articles, mainly uh, some who that aren't open access. So you're going to have to pay for some of the subscriptions. But others are able to be uh, freely used and they're free to uh, share. So uh, the articles, the, the authors, I should say, the authors uh, within the research really wanted to check and track different countries and how they've achieved uh, SDGs or Sustainable Development Goals uh, about education for the year uh, 2030. So how are countries lining up um, and how are they setting attainable education measures uh, within your pop their populations? They had a huge database 
of different censuses, over 3,000 uh, nationally representative censuses, and these are taken from almost 200 nations and also territories. So Friedman is one of the main authors uh, in the research and his colleagues. They concluded that most countries are in line to actually achieve near universal levels for primary school. And that attainment is going to be by 2030. Um, for almost 90% of the children, um, they're going to be able to complete the six years, the first six years of their education. That's basically primary school. Uh, some pe people say grade school, elementary school, same thing. Uh, but there are some exceptions to this. So countries like Afghanistan, uh, faraway countries like Papua New Guinea and other parts of northern uh, sub-Saharan Africa, they're kind of lagging right now. The authors also found that there were gaps in educational attainment attainment between men and women, uh, but those are expected to have changed a bit since uh, or um, by the year uh, 2030. Okay, so the source uh, mainly for today's podcast episode and the info comes from Tree Hugger. Really great uh, place and uh, just a great overall news place for all things environmental news. Uh, some blogs are in there, opinion pieces, things like that. They recently, of course, uh, updated their site, so the look is a bit different. It's kind of hard tracking some of the articles, you know, looking for them, but I try and make do. Um, the reason for this episode is that uh, who doesn't, you know, love to freeze food? Freezing food is one of the best things you can do for food, especially if you don't want food waste or to go to waste. If you want to save it for another time, you have too much uh, leftover food, you had a big event, you don't know what to do with it, you don't want to trash it, can't eat all for leftovers, and you want to save it for another time. Freezing, freezing is optimal. It's, it's a blessing. It's amazing that we can do that with food. Uh, it prevents spoilage, which, you know, anyone who buys food hates food waste. Freezing is amazing. And so there are so many different foods that are able to be uh, freezed. And um, I've, I've frozen some. Many of the ones I'm going to talk about I haven't been able to freeze or or just never thought to. I didn't know that was even an option because I never uh, tested it by myself, you know, to do. So I figured, you know, has anyone else uh, come up with maybe foods that they were curious about freezing, didn't know they could? Um, you know, there's foods that are able to be eaten, of course, but if you don't have time to eat it or you haven't found the recipe or you, you just don't feel like eating it right now, maybe freezing is best, especially if you don't want it to sit in your fridge for a while or maybe outside your fridge or maybe a table, you can go ahead and freeze it. So we're going to talk about some amazing foods, all of course that you can be able to freeze. So the first one is avocados. I love avocados. I've, I've talked about my love for avocados um, and guacamole, just boom, I just love uh, avocados. And so you can definitely freeze them uh, if you know, you've had them out, outside the fridge for a bit. You can leave them in the fridge for like a long time, probably a good month or more depending on their size, but uh, to go ahead and make sure that they're stable, just put some lemon juice or lime juice uh, in uh, the container where the avocado is, but make sure that you pu puree the avocado. So you're making sure it's kind of mushy, so it doesn't discolor, uh, discolor, I should say. 
um, when you pack it in an airtight container and then you freeze it. So you don't put the pit and all that stuff in there. You just smush it like you would a regular uh, guacamole and then you uh, contain it and then you freeze it. Number two is any baked goods. So all baked goods, whether that's brownie, cupcake, muffins, cookies, even pies, um, you know, those are safe to go ahead and freeze. You can store them in resealable bags. So let's say you 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 made a batch of cookies. You can go ahead and bag them in resealable bags and you can uh, defrost them individually as you so choose. Number three is our bananas. Uh, bananas are like a staple when it comes to being frozen because you can have them as part of ice cream maybe for later or for um, banana recipes like frozen pies or desserts that can be uh, made but may have some ingredients that you want to um, you know keep cold you can use something like a, a frozen banana and defrost it a little bit and if you want a dessert that's cold it's perfect for it something like banana bread banana nut bread is perfect uh, something for uh, banana usage all you have to do is defrost the bananas and then go from there number four is uh, butter butter is simple anyone who probably has used butter or has consumed butter has it by the uh, tablespoon the large uh, wads of uh, butter that you have the sticks you're able to definitely freeze them they're easy to uh, freeze and also to defrost as well Number five is bread. So breads are, are kind of composed in the baked goods, but at the same time, who's baking, you know, their bread? We're buying it from the store or the off chance that we're uh, getting it um, and we're you know, making it at home. But most often, uh, we'll definitely, you know, freeze bread. So you can do that, do this with sandwich bread. You can surely do this with uh, baguettes. You can also just slice them up and uh, hunk them and uh, have them in bags um, or containers and then freeze them uh, at will. Number six is buttermilk. Now buttermilk, I don't uh, generally use it too much because I don't have too many um, goods that I'm using um, buttermilk in, like uh, breads and such or creamy type of uh, foods. But you can, it will thaw like dairy, so uh, you'll use it like for baking. Like that's a, a prime thing you can use for baking. But if you freeze it in measured like amounts, then you can just remove um, just as much as a recipe calls for or just have however much you need. Uh, number uh, seven, so cake. Cake is its own thing. Not everyone's a cake fiend or even like sweets, but for those who do, you won't be forced to eat the entire chunk of cake. It can definitely be frozen. Doesn't matter the flavor, vanilla cake, um, chocolate cake, doesn't matter. You can use individual slices for going ahead and freezing. Also, um, when it comes to the icing though, make sure that if it's made from like egg whites or pure egg whites, that it won't freeze well. So you'll probably have to make new icing um, or take off the icing that you have from the cake um, if it has uh, egg whites in them. I'll explain a little bit why uh, eggs um, don't make the best for freezing whole and there's a reason why and there's a, a way to solve that a little bit later. Number eight is chocolate. 
So chocolate, of course, is good eating cold, room temperature, etc. You can wrap it well to keep it moisture proof and resistant uh, to picking up other odors from foods that you may have around your freezer. And it's great. You just put it uh, in the, your freezer and then after, if you want to defrost it, go ahead and leave it in your fridge for about a day uh, before uh, putting it uh, in your uh, freezer to freeze and then do the reverse uh, when uh, defrosting it. Uh, next, number nine is uh, citrus fruits. So citrus, so your lemons, your oranges, limes, etc. Uh, you'll definitely want to wash and peel these and then divide them into sections and then remove all the sticky, grody uh, white parts and then slice them if you so choose, like the oranges, for example, who doesn't love a sliced orange. You can make juice uh, from them um, and uh, or you could uh, juice and freeze that. That's fine as well. You can freeze juice um, or just freeze uh, the fruit itself, either way. Number 10 is cookie dough. Cookie dough isn't great to be eating raw, but uh, in the chance that you have extras after you've made your batch, you can go ahead and portion it out onto a baking sheet and do that uh, several times around the sheet. And then after it, you put it in the freezer, you chunk it off and remove it from the sheet and um, you know break it off and store it in an airtight container. That's the big point of here. Uh, airtight containers when storing your food. Number 11 is corn on the cob. Now corn on the cob is a great treat for the summer, great treat even for the winter. You can cook it indoors. Uh, you don't necessarily have to grill it, but whenever you do cook it um, and you put it on a, a wooden a stick or something of that sort, uh, make sure that you, after you have done um, cooking it, not done cooking it make sure that it's cool it's dry and you seal it in an airtight uh, packaging so whether that be foil or some type of maybe a reusable container something of that sort you can do so before freezing it number 12 is cream so uh, cream whether it's you know heavy cream that's specific to this one um, it has to be more than 40% butterfat which I didn't know that's a large density uh, amount of butterfat, but uh, you have to first heat it. So you heat it first to about 170 to 180 degrees, and then uh, let it cool down um, after you've about heated it for um, 15 minutes, and then you store it in the container. You can uh, do it a bit longer uh, than two months, but you have to use at least a third of a cup of sugar uh, per quart of heavy cream to make it a little bit stable. Number 13 is also cream, but this is if it's whipped. If it's whipped cream, great. Just put dollops and, and, and small portions of it on the baking sheet. Make sure it's frozen and put it in, a, in, in the freezer and then uh, you remove it and then put the dollops in uh, containers, little uh, containers, or one huge one. So after you're picking uh, the the uh, globs or the dollops um, of the uh, whipped cream off the sheet, then you put it in one container. It's fine, and you can use this in beverages like hot cocoa, for example, or hot chocolate. And number fourteen are eggs. Now this is the point that I was talking about a little bit earlier about eggs. 
So do not freeze eggs in the shell. Anyone who knows what has happened knows that they do not expel, uh, expand too well and they ooze all over the place. They may, they will definitely break. Um, so to fix this, just crack them open, whisk them like you would like using, um, you know, the process to make an omelet and then you freeze them that way and use it within a year and they'll have the best quality uh, and shelf life uh, for uh, eating it. So just eat it within the year and you'll be good. Number 15 are fruit pies. Now fruit pies like cherry pie, blueberry pie, uh, plum pie, etc. You can uh, easily defrost it as well. So you can just put it on the unbaked pie at 420 degrees for 15 minutes and then reduce the temperature a bit to 350, the magic uh, number. And then uh, you can cook uh, your pie for the whatever time the recipe calls for and then about 15 minutes more but if you're making a pie and you you've freshly made it you know let it cool and then you can freeze it and cover it i usually do something like foil um, because not too many containers are big enough to put a whole pie in or if you'd like you can slice it up um, in uh, different sections and then put it away as as needed like that number 16 is garlic now garlic is great because uh, it does uh, really um, preserve well, um, though if you want to keep it around a, li- uh, a lot longer, um, definitely an airtight container is uh, where to go with that. And then you can use you know, the slicing method or just have it in chunks and cloves. Um, you could even add olive oil to it, so that won't necessarily freeze. That will not freeze, and so it's great. And you can uh, put different things, other herbs, into your uh, olive oil. It still won't freeze, which I just learned. I, I didn't know that before, and so it's great to, um, you know, use garlic and add things like olive oil to make sure that it lasts a bit longer. It can stretch. Number seventeen is ginger. Now I love ginger and not just not because of my Caribbean roots, but that's because it's so versatile and it's great um, in your body, anti-inflammatory, great for anxiety, great for just making you feel calm. It is so tasty and it's, it's diverse in what you can do with ginger. So ginger, you can wrap it really well, like, you know, in foil or as is, totally fine, or in the container. You can do all these things with ginger. You can also grate it and, you know, shred it, and then you can also freeze it as well. Number 18 is grapes. Anybody who likes maybe like a a ice cream-ish feeling or likes feeling healthy when it comes to their fruits, Grapes are the way to go. You can definitely freeze them. Um, They're great. I would definitely remove the stems though, and then you can um, uh, freeze it as you'd like, Um, and then just pack it away. Number 19 are herbs. So all things that you can, you can defrost these, sure, Um, and then you can add them to, your things like butters and, and meats and soups and all these things because they cook really well as the herbs defrost. Uh, then lastly, uh, 20 
number 20 are, are rice and uh, other grains. So, of course, you have to cook these, but once they are uh, thawed, you can just put them, you know, on the stove top, something like that, cook really well because it doesn't take too long for uh, rice to uh, thaw, just like normally, just put some water in there and they'll cook uh, or reabsorb a little bit of that moisture and cook right back up like uh, it was never uh, thawed. So it's perfect to uh, eat, uh, and so there are going to be no worries when it comes to your rice and other grains. So I do like freezing my foods. Um, I usually don't have all the leftovers in the world, and if I do, then I, I have them and I try and eat them within a reasonable time. Uh, anything that I can freeze, then maybe like food waste like you know, molded bread. I can't really compost that well. I mean, I've learned some things recently about compost when it comes to bread specifically. And so it's not always ideal to compost it. So I try and make sure I eat that stuff quicker uh, because, you know, bread uh, tends to uh, rot sometimes. But for things like desserts, I'll definitely freeze those. Uh, anything that's, you know, a leftover that can't be necessarily stored in the fridge or it's not too much uh, space in the fridge, I will definitely freeze it. Uh, soup, definitely, because you can use uh, stainless steel containers if you, you know, run out of plastic. I actually like that method because um, sometimes you don't, you don't have enough containers in all the world to store things like soup. Um, and then meats, I usually use um, aluminum foil when it comes to um, having that around meats. Um, you know, same thing with fish. Uh, fruit, if I am um, using a components for a smoothie, I'll probably leave it in a smoothie. Um, smoothies, you know, last a, a bit of time. Uh, and uh, any... A uh, smoothie that I do make that is able to, you know, not be consumed in like a week, I'll probably go ahead and freeze it. Other things like breads, I will definitely freeze. Bagels, um, croissants, I haven't uh, haven't really um, been able to freeze those yet because I just eat those. I'm a, I love uh, croissants, um, <laughs> but um, other things like you know snack foods, um, they're able to be frozen. Like I don't know. Um, different fruits or other things like that, um, I'll definitely be able to freeze those. But I generally eat food that I have and I've made or is in front of me. I don't really um, consider myself someone who turns away food. I'm not a picky eater. Uh, freezing is des definitely necessary um, as, a, as a, a way of s storing food, as a way of preserving food, as a way of preventing food waste, um, as a way of um, saving food for a later time when, um, you know, you may have a, as my mom would say, a fat season and a skinny season, you know, fat time and skinny time. So whether you've made a lot of food and, and things are good and you have a lot of money and you're able to splurge and you've got food. Uh, or times when you're a little bit skinny, you know, skinny cow times when uh, you don't have a lot of money saved or you're scrounging for, you know, food or you're using coupons or you're, you know, 
at your friend's place to maybe eat some meals with them. Uh, saving food and freezing food is definitely a viable option because you don't want to waste food in times when you have a lot and you don't want to let it go to waste in times when you have a little bit. Um, and I think uh, freezing food is a, is a staple of how um, food has changed um, for millennia. But the, the methods that we use in preserving food, they definitely change too. Um, now that we can store foods in refrigerators, we didn't have those, you know, back in the day. Like refrigerators are a recently uh, new uh, type of machinery, a type of um, quality item that we wouldn't have had um, centuries and centuries ago. Like it's definitely been modernized um, in the types of things that you um, consider uh, staples when it comes to a fridge. This wasn't a, a component. This wasn't an item that, you know, our, our great, 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 great parents had. This was non-existent. And now that we're able to do things like freezing foods in the refrigerator um, or in the freezer section or have like a um, a, a basement freezer or a, a, a freezer that uh, gets a lot of use these are uh, essential to uh, preserving life because you need food. You have to store it somewhere. Um, so freezing food is definitely, um, I think, something that is so important when it comes to keeping food um, around for longer. It saves so much time, so much money when you're able to freeze food because you can't eat all the groceries that you buy at one time. You're going to have to store that food somewhere. Um, you know, if you make probably 12 uh, meal preps or you're able to make a meal a day, you're going to pro probably have to freeze some of that food, leave it as leftovers, give it away, um, something of that sort. So uh, freezing has definitely preserved food. Um, and I, I've recognized that and I've, I've learned that um, because in uh, cooking my own food, sometimes there are days when I, I debate which food I should maybe eat. And so um, I usually do eat it within the week, but sometimes, you know, you're not able to. And then those are times when you uh, decide um, whether this food is going to last me a while or whether these meals are or whether I'm going to uh, go into the freezer and then see what's there. Um, you know, that'll save you some some trips uh, to uh, eating out at fast food because there's food in the freezer. You know, what did your mom tell you when you were younger? There's food at home. We have food in the freezer. You know, and you thought that chicken or those drumsticks or uh, those uh, potatoes that you had, you cut those up and you, you make a meal out of it. Um, so freezing is definitely a, a component um, of cooking. I've used it. And I, I cherish it because um, food is to be cherished. It's, it's to be uh, safe kept and shared, um, but it's not to be wasted. It's not to be disregarded. It's to be, um, you know, thankful for because there are a lot of people in the, on the planet who don't have regular meals, who aren't getting food as they should. You know, a lot of people are dying from preventable illnesses due to nutrition, lack of clean water, uh, lack of um, sanitary facilities, like toilets, for example. There are countries today where it's, it's open season when it comes to uh, defecating in public, and it's like normalized. And here in the U.S. where I live, that's not the case at all. We have public toilets. You know, gas station toilets are to be avoided, but all other uh, facilities, um, you know, we have them in uh, private and public areas. 
So um, last thing I want to talk about is um, milk and sour cream. Only because they're kind of gross um, when they're separated. So I didn't really uh, add those as part of the list because um, you can um, freeze them. But the, the ways that you're going to do it, you'll still have to um, make sure that you put it in containers that aren't going to um, break apart easily. And for me, I just think, think that they don't taste the same after they're frozen. But they are able to be um, freeze. But I just... I just don't um, care too much for milk because I don't drink it often at all, if at all. Um, but I do love sour cream because sour cream is great uh, with nachos. So those concludes all my thoughts. Uh, and so we're going to proceed with the Mother Earth Minutes. We've come to the Mother Earth Minutes. It's a time in Greener Thoughts where we review in the next few minutes proactive things we can all do to combat the issue in the episode and to protect Mother Earth. So the message for this Mother Earth Minutes is simply that making your food last as long as possible is not impossible. Yes, so when it comes to preserving your food and to making it last and freezing your food, there are definitely options in doing that because there's the path of the food and then what to put into a container, how to somehow stabilize that food and put it somewhere, contain it, and then you're able to freeze it. So there's something in between that and that's where we're going to get to the containers to actually put the foods in. So there are a few different uh, things to um, make sure that you're buying. Um, when it comes to these uh, items as well, you can use these as traditional uh, food storage uh, options. Um, but um, when it comes to freezing food, because everyone does it differently, then there's an, ar an array of different items that you can use also for freezing food. So one of the first is uh, silicone um, bowl uh, covers. These are great. These are super flexible. So if you have items that are either liquid or you're putting maybe baked goods in a uh, glass container or a plastic container, it doesn't matter. You can use the silicone uh, bowl covers to wrap around uh, the food. Next, number two are silicone freezer bags. Now these are great because they are able to uh, stack uh, or lay on top of each other and they are able to stand up because they have the, the base bottoms and they are super flexible. You can stuff as much as you'd like or can into these bags and they're silicone so they're great uh, for um, just packing in, uh, traveling with as well, keeping things cold and they're freezer um, ready so you can definitely uh, go ahead and freeze them. Uh, no worries because they're freezer bags but they just happen to be silicone and they're also reusable. Anything when it comes to silicone that I'm going to talk about is definitely reusable, so you can use it multiple times and get your wear uh, out of it. Number three is silicone plastic wrap. Now this is great for uh, wrapping uh, halves of maybe foods or fruits. Um, there's another um, food wrapping that I'm going to get into a little bit later, actually the next one, um, because you can wrap your uh, foods in them. So whether you are having uh, pieces of foods that you want to um, wrap and put them in the freezer, silicone wrap, plastic wrap is great for that. Number four is bees wraps. So I've talked on bees wraps um, before in December 2019. It's one of the earlier episodes. I think one of the, the fourth or fifth episode in December. 
2019 when I talked about it in the Eco Company Spotlight segment. I did the review on it. I still use them to this day and I love them. Um, they are versatile. You just clean them with um, a little bit of soap and some cool water and to keep it uh, still waxed up and they're great. Um, you know, they're great with the price point. You just have a bundle um, you know, at the price that it comes at and then it, um, it arrives to you. Um, really great uh, food storage option and haven't uh, frozen them um, but you know just running them under cool water you know they're probably able to uh, disengage from the food and they'll be good as new. And number five is wax paper but in conjunction with something like aluminum foil. So after you're done the wax paper method it's definitely compostable so you can either compost it or something else but using it with something like aluminum foil which is recyclable um, those are two great ways to uh, preserve the food and freeze it. So uh, freezing food something like uh, ground uh, beef probably do that um, with the aluminum foil or wax paper and aluminum foil either one um, and then number six are stainless steel containers these are great so whether you have maybe a few pots or some pans something small maybe with a handle or not with a handle um, or you just happen to have containers that happen to be steel uh, you can put whatever foods you'd like that can fit in them and just have the lid uh, right on top, you know, ready, steady, or use one of the uh, silicone bowl covers. It will get you there uh, just the same and have your food covered nicely. Number seven are glass storage containers. So these are great. So think of tempered glass, glassware that you are able to cook with in the oven. These are perfect when it comes to uh, storing in your freezer. They won't chip, they're highly uh, usable, um, great for baking, you know, any heat wear, putting in the oven simply. So they're great for uh, freezing. Just make sure that it is, you know, clear from things that could uh, be in the way of it. You're able to put something like aluminum foil over it, some other top over the glass uh, container and you should be good to go. Number eight are BPA-free glass jars. Now, uh, there is a specific kind that you should look for, so straight-edged or straight-sided uh, wide-mouth jars. So these are specific to um, canning or, you know, freezing, definitely. Um, but you have to make sure there's enough space um, over the head um, within the jar for the expansion of liquid items because anything that you know is possible to be liquid you can definitely freeze most often but you just want to have that safeguard of having enough space in the jar so that it's able to expand um, and get as much um, out um, before um, it's able to be compressed um, entirely. Uh, then uh, something like you know glass peanut butter jars those, those are pretty thick um, to get the job done. I don't know about mason jars, but they're pretty thick as well, especially, especially like a, a particular type of glass. Um, they're really thick. I've never seen a, a thin mason jar or some type of glass that is really thick. Thick glass is just a safeguard. So definitely look to get the BPA-free versions of those and just try to find jars that are glass. Um, definitely wide uh, mouth, uh, straight-sided that we talked about. Uh, so that you can able you're able to freeze uh, any foods that you'd like uh, in them.
Eco Fact of the Day is that breathing the polluted air in the Indian capital of New Delhi, population 28.5 million, is the equivalent of smoking 50 cigarettes a day. That fact was sourced from the Sierra Club Sierra Magazine in the March-April 2020 issue. So here it is, the Eagle Company Spotlight. This is a time in Greener Thoughts where we talk about environmental companies. Uh, they're doing you know, good things. They are producing products and services that happen to do good for the planet. And so if you have an idea about a company or you'd like me to go ahead and review a company always free of charge, or you have uh, someone who maybe is the co-founder of a company, CEO, and they have a product that they want to get out there, let me know about it. I'd love to go ahead and review. I've been doing so since uh, February uh, 2019, so for a while now. And I have always amazing companies to review, and they're tried and true. And so I love them all. And one of the, the latest companies that I want to let you all know about is called Ryan Snacks. So Ryan Snacks is amazing and they're all about uh, food. And when it comes to these amazing snacks, they do it right. So Americans waste nearly 40 million tons of food each year. That's an estimated one third of all the food that we produce uh, in the U.S. And fruits and vegetables in particular account for 39% of all the food that's wasted in, in the United States. And so founder Matt Wise wanted to do something different uh, in uh, because of that. So he made uh, Ryan snacks because of the need uh, to never let food go to waste. So that is the same of what his great-great-grandmother Helen did as well. She believed in that, in never letting food go to waste. She owned a natural food store in Flint, Michigan. She juiced daily all the time. She used whole wheat, never white, and she lived to be nearly 100 years old. Ryan's mission is to educate consumers that they can snack better and do better by eating fruit, by eating their fruit, the whole fruit, and nothing but the fruit. As far as its commitment to sustainability, Ryan Snacks does a lot. They fight food waste, they are gluten-free with their products, kosher, they have organic ingredients, they don't have any preservatives, no added sugars, nothing from concentrate, no sulfites, additives, or chemicals, nothing is added. They are also non-GMO project verified and their foods are sun-dried and they have simple ingredients. If you want to learn more about the goodness of Ryan Snacks, they have an amazing page. You can check it out at Ryan Snacks and then go to Peel Power. So as far as their products that they have and their product selection, they have an assortment of amazing snacks. They have things uh, like uh, amazing names for their foods, like their tropical blend, their cocoa melon blend, their orchard blend, their tangy kiwi, and their strawberry uh, blend. Now my experience of Ryan Snacks is an awesome one because I just gotta say that their tropical blend is amazing. I ate the whole bag in like two days and it was a hefty three ounces but it stretched 
and it is some, some tangy flavor. It is nutritious. It is just soft and squishy. Some of the um, fruits and they're dried out and it's just amazing the fruit that you get with uh, each package. I give it five out of five green thumbs up. It's amazing because you can buy online or in store. I bought mine at Whole Foods. I love Whole Foods. The packaging is portable, is convenient, grab on the go. It's great for your lunches, at the desk, at work. Um, it's great for any kids. It's great uh, if, for practice. Um, you know, them coming from a game or maybe you coming from a game. It's great uh, just to uh, relax and unwind and want to have some fruits, you know, while maybe you're a reading or you know a movie you know just eat something healthy instead of popcorn get you some rind snacks rind snacks are amazing you know i crave them a bit i've craved them a bit since i bought them um and so i do definitely need to re-up uh, before the year is up uh but one of the things is that the packaging i don't know if, if it's recyclable but doesn't change my opinion of them they are amazing i just hope that that packaging will change in the future though Wine snacks can be found online and in stores. It's amazing that they can be found online because uh, a lot of times uh, some uh, some uh, manufacturers of products like eco products or foods, things like that, they don't feature shops like on their website and you have to go to like an external place. But this is one of the few places that does. So you can go to Rind Snacks, like Grind, just without the G, and then snacks.com. And then you can go to the shop online tab or shop Ryan tab. Those are at the top and bottom of their website. They're also able to be found at 7-Eleven, on Amazon, at uh, Balducci's, uh, the Fresh Market, Plum Market, Royal Blue Grocery, Wegmans, Whole Food Market, and other stores nationwide. Or you could just go to the website and then uh, go to the uh, where to find tab so you can find out uh, where to uh, get their amazing uh, snacks. All you have to do is go to uh, retailers. So retailers is at the top uh, portion of the website. You just click there and you're able to uh, find uh, where uh, their snacks are sold based on your zip code. Wine Snacks is on the following uh, social media platforms of Facebook at uh, Ryan Snacks. They're on Instagram at Ryan Snacks, all lowercase one word. They're also on LinkedIn at Ryan Snacks, and they're also on Twitter at Ryan Snacks. Now, to contact Ryan Snacks, all you've got to do is go to their website again, which is Ryan like without the G, so R-I-N-D, snacks.com, and then go to contact at the top or bottom of their website to go ahead and direct message them. All right, so I want to thank you all for listening and tuning into the program. I had a fun time talking about it. I learned some things, especially when it comes to some of the foods. Uh, they're able to be uh, frozen and freezed. Um, and you know, learning things, uh, Ryan snacks is amazing. They have amazing foods. They are also sold uh, in Canada, but again, uh, using the retailers page, you can go ahead and search, uh, whether you, or your, whatever state you're in or your zip code, even you can go ahead and find a retailer near you or buy through their site. Uh, do you, you know, share um, food and, and, and cook a lot? If so, be sure to share this, you know, episode with your friends, with your family, with other people that cook. 
Um, they would definitely probably love to keep a list of foods that are easily freezable and you can leave it on something like your phone or um, come back to this podcast episode and, and reshare or re-listen to it. Or you could uh, make a list and put it on your fridge. Those are all highly advisable things. Uh, you know, will this uh, podcast episode make you freeze more or think about uh, food uh, before you waste it? I think uh, th- those would be good things to learn uh, from this podcast episode, from, to take from this episode. Um, I had a fun time uh, sharing this information with you, with you all, and I hope that it can be of good use to you all in, you know, the many times that you cook and in the years to come and in all the places where you able, are able to go ahead and share this episode. I thank you always so much for listening. I love each and every one of you listening, who tune in, who favorite the podcast. That really warms my heart because that means that I'm doing something good. That means I'm doing what I'm supposed to and providing amazing information and, you know, sharing it and you all are sharing it and exchanging it, you know, across, you know, the internet with your family, friends, colleagues, um, people that you know, neighbors, and it really means a lot. It means that I'm doing something very, very uh, powerful here. And it just really makes me feel that much more uh, better uh, for it. So thank you. So as always, please take care of yourselves and please take care of the planet. I look to talk with you all in a future podcast episode. Until then, bye. Bye.